Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 38. Today, the rice cooker subway scare and the cyclone rider. Hi, I'm Trey Skilton, founder of A Great Big City. Last week, I started out with a quick measles update, saying that the outbreak had mostly subsided. But this week, I want to reiterate how important it is to get yourself and any young children vaccinated before the next outbreak begins. Israel-based Ynet News revealed this week that a 43-year-old flight attendant who had contracted measles while working on the New York to Tel Aviv route for Israeli airline El Al died this week after a long hospital stay. Rotem Amatai was a mother of three who fell ill last April and was admitted to a hospital in Israel where there has been a serious ongoing measles outbreak. She had only received one dose of the measles vaccination and was therefore still susceptible to the disease. In the United States, one dose of vaccine is usually administered when a child turns one year old and a second is administered before the child enters school. And in city data, 46 of the total 653 measles cases in this year's outbreak were children or adults who had only received one dose of the vaccine. El Al Airlines now requires all flight attendants to be vaccinated against the disease, and it's believed that people flying home from overseas trips and returning to communities in Williamsburg and upstate in Rockland County were the initial sources of New York's current measles outbreaks. You may have thought this summer's West Midtown blackout was bad, but 16 years ago on August 14, 2003, a cascading power outage plunged millions into darkness across the Northeast. What began as a damaged power line and a software malfunction in Ohio led to overloaded equipment throughout the interconnected power system stretching from Canada into the Northeast United States. The power surge from Ohio triggered safety systems across the region, creating what is thought to have been the most widespread outage in both the United States and Canadian history, and the second most widespread in the world. It took around two days for all overloaded components to be checked and brought back online, with some smaller areas remaining without power for nearly a week. In New York, the city and most of the state were in the dark. Traffic lights were out and elevators and the subway were stopped, leaving many commuters in need of emergency evacuation and with no way to reach their home as night began to fall. Some stayed in office buildings, on the floors of generous co-workers who lived nearby, or even slept outside, while others attempted to walk home or catch a ride on a bus or taxi, turning Manhattan's bridges into one-way exits. Police are still looking for a possible suspect in Friday morning's bomb scare, where two empty rice cookers were left in the Fulton Street subway station downtown. The proximity of the station to many government offices and the sheer number of commuters that passed through the station during morning rush hour led to the area being quickly evacuated and subway lines were disrupted beginning around 7.30 a.m. Police found the large silver rice cookers to be empty and deemed the situation safe, but a third identical rice cooker was then found next to a city trash can in Chelsea at 7th and 16th. The empty rice cookers may have been intended as hoax devices to cause disruption. Police released stills from security camera footage showing a white man in his 20s or 30s with dark, curly hair and a distinctive tattoo on his outer arm and described him as a person of interest. 
After seeing the security camera footage, a West Virginia man identified the person as his son, who was in the New York area and may have been recently panhandling in the city. No further info has been released and the police are still searching for the suspect at the time of this recording. Although the incident brings to mind the Chelsea pressure cooker bombings of 2016, there have also been other recent scares from abandoned rice cookers in subway stations. One found in a suitcase in Midtown at a six-train station in 2017, and another in an F-train station on the Lower East Side in 2018. Follow A Great Big City on social media for the latest updates on the search for the suspect, and if you believe you've spotted him before or after the bombing and have any information that can help the investigation, call 911 with any info. Forty-two years ago, on August 22, 1977, 19-year-old Richard Rodriguez from Staten Island sets a Guinness World Record for the longest roller coaster ride on the Coney Island Cyclone. His record time was 104 hours and 2,350 rides during the 50th anniversary of both the coaster and Charles Lindbergh's transatlantic flight. Rodriguez would break the record once again 40 years later on a roller coaster in the United Kingdom with a time of over 405 hours. Here's some audio of Rodriguez being interviewed in the 1978 film Coney Island Cyclone, made by Mike Edwards. In August, a determined young man from Staten Island, Richard Rodriguez, rode the cyclone four days straight to set a new world's record. The element of fear is an amazing thing. It kept me going in a sense. I never got bored with the ride. There's always the fear there. The Guinness Book of World Records allowed me a five-minute break for every hour of riding. Your first ride in the cycle is so totally unique. It's one that you never forget. My first ride was when I was 18. That fact, it was my first ride probably on a big roller coaster. Seeing the sun on the horizon gave me a very peaceful feeling. I really enjoyed the beautiful colors. It was a real mental and physical challenge to my own person. I wanted to see if my body and my mind could last for four days. The cyclone is, it's a beautiful ride, but it is a wild beast. It had to be tame in those four days, either one or the other. Either it was going to tame me or I was going to tame it. I took everything it had. And uh, I did take everything it had, but it took something out of me. Our relationship to cyclone life. We had a very good respect for one another. Omni, the MTA's new fare collecting system, saw one million uses in just over two months. The new MetroCard replacement is only available at 16 stations along the 456 and on Staten Island buses, but the tap-and-go system reached the one million target four times faster than the MTA had predicted. To use the system, you wave a credit card, debit card, cell phone, or smartwatch above the glowing panel, and the system detects your payment method and opens the turnstile. The system aims to reduce the waste and complexity of issuing disposable Metro cards since the contactless system uses your payment method directly, just like at a cash register. Although there will be a refillable Omni card once the system expands, and the Metro card is still scheduled to be used through 2023. According to the MTA, 80% of the Omni swipes have used mobile wallets where people have added their payment cards to their phone, 
since very few credit or debit cards have the built-in technology, which is different from the chips that are seen on some cards today. Looking back through a great big city history, eight years ago, we posted some photos of a checker cab in the West Village. There are still a few old checker cabs roaming the city, but we caught photos of one that was still outfitted in taxi yellow and with a taxi light on top and some authentic duct tape holding on the left tail light. See the photos on our site and look at how the checker makes even a passing Ford Crown Victoria taxi look small. Eight years ago, we were also at the Volkswagen Traffic Jam on Governor's Island. The regular yearly event brought together classic Volkswagens on the Governor's Island. Although it looks like the show had to skip 2019, it's scheduled to be back in the summer of 2020. And also eight years ago, the earthquake in Virginia that was felt in New York City occurred. It threw a great big city into emergency mode for the first time, but thankfully the earthquake didn't do much damage across the city, aside from a brick chimney toppling in Red Hook. But it was good training for everyone to research what to do in case of an emergency and be ready if a disruptive event happens again. And two years ago, we posted information on viewing the eclipse in New York City. The solar eclipse was scheduled to show 70% coverage of the sun in New York City and multiple places across the city held viewing parties, and there's sure to be another day of excitement five years from now on April 8, 2024, at 3.25 p.m., when the path of totality of another solar eclipse will cross the entire United States and go through upstate New York, including Buffalo, Rochester, and Syracuse, and that upcoming eclipse will block out even more of the sun than we saw back in 2017. Great Big City has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010. But the AGBC News Podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A Great Big City is built on a dedication to explaining what is happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York, which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support and local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting their products or services directly to interested customers listening to the podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com slash advertising to view rates and learn more. The Great Big City is more than just a news website. It also automatically checks MTA data before morning rush hour and sends out notifications that there are delays on any subway lines, Long Island Railroad or Metro North trains, and bridges and tunnels. Follow A Great Big City on social media to receive the alerts. Park of the Day Putnam Triangle at Fulton Street and Putnam Avenue in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. What was once a small fenced-off patch of grass has been transformed into valuable open space for the surrounding neighborhood. Putnam Triangle benefits from the recent elimination of the small stretch of Putnam Avenue that formerly cut through to the north of the park. Now, instead of an island at the intersection of three streets, the park joins with the pedestrian plaza and creates a large seating area. Large concrete planters have been placed throughout the plaza to add some greenery, and new benches have been placed along the borders of Putnam Triangle to add seating. Street trees and movable tables and chairs create a calm atmosphere to take a break and enjoy an open-air lunch 
or just a place to rest while waiting for the B-25 and B-26 bus along Fulton Street. In Parks events coming up this Saturday, the Fly NYC Kite Festival in Riverside Park South. Learn to fly a kite or just enjoy the view as decorative kites take to the skies above the Hudson River at Pier 1 in Riverside Park South across from 70th Street in Manhattan. If you have your own kite, bring it along, where a limited number of free kites will be available for children to try. That's Saturday, August 17th from noon to 5 p.m. And now let's see where our robot friend will be flying off to this weekend on the concert calendar. Here's the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Joyce Manor and Saves the Day are playing Webster Hall on Friday, August 16th. The Catenary Wires, Janines, and Pale Lights are playing Berlin on Friday, August 16th. Beck, Cage the Elephant, and Spoon are playing Forest Hills Stadium on Saturday, August 17th. Seatangana, Chaos in the CBD, Dean Spencer, Mike, and Shomachsi are playing Mo MAPS1 on Saturday, August 17th. Bleeding Through, Indra Cold, The Sentinels, and The Fallen Prodigy are playing The King's Lynn on Saturday, August 17th. Rose Gold The Musical, Kitty, Ricky Eat Acid, and Brev Wolf are playing Mercury Lounge on Saturday, August 17th. X Hex and Frankie and the Witch Fingers are playing Industry City Courtyard on Saturday, August 17th. Bardo Pond and Sunburnt Hand of the Man are playing Mercury Lounge on Saturday, August 17th. Cinema Cinema, Descender, Fashion Week, Thrill Body, and Marine Noir are playing St. Vitus Bar on Sunday, August 18th. The 5678s and Metalag are playing Brooklyn Bazaar on Sunday, August 18th. Sydney Gish is playing elsewhere on Monday, August 19th and Tuesday, August 20th. Squeeze is playing the Bergen Performing Arts Center on Tuesday, August 20th. Kiss is playing the Barclays Center on Tuesday, August 20th at 7 p.m. Mark Knopfler is playing Beacon Theater on the Upper West Side on Tuesday, August 20th at 8 p.m. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Bedouin Sound Clash are playing Webster Hall on Wednesday, August 21st. Tame Impala and Velvet Negroni are playing Madison Square Garden on Wednesday, August 21st. Bone Thugs and Harmony is playing Brooklyn Bull in downtown Brooklyn on Wednesday, August 21st at 8 p.m. And Pat Benatar with Neil Giraldo are playing St. George Theatre on Wednesday, August 21st at 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. Hangman's Elm, a tree at the northwest corner of Washington Square Park, is believed to be the oldest living tree in Manhattan at more than 300 years old. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history. A record high of 97 degrees on August 20, 1955, and a record low of 52 degrees on August 22, 1895. Weather for the week ahead, mostly sunny, with a chance of rain on next Wednesday and next Thursday, with highs in the 80s and into the 90s on Monday and Tuesday. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City News. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City. 
or email contact at a great big city with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening. And visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Our intro and outro music is Start the Day by Lee Rosphere, and the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com. Thanks for being part of a great big city. Strangers sit side by side, not knowing where they're going and not knowing what to expect. By the time the car has made the first or second dip, they are blood brothers or blood sisters, no matter what color or what creed or what nationality they are.